Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Games Are Fun podcast. My name is Adam Beagle, and I'm going to be your host this week. Luke and Garrett had some other things going on, so I get to be in the captain's chair for this week's episode. Uh, I'm not alone, though. I do have a guest. Uh, it's actually a returning guest, my brother, Stephen Beagle. Stephen, how the hell are you today? I am doing really good. Been doing a lot of gaming. Excited to talk about it today. Yeah, so this week's show is going to be a little bit different than our usual format. Uh, typically, you know, me, Luke, and Garrett come on, we talk about uh, trending topics in the industry, you know, latest news trends, things like that going on in gaming. But this show is going to be uh, just about the games we've been playing lately, because uh, I feel like news, uh, our shows have been so jam-packed with news that we really haven't had a time to just talk about what we've been playing. We touch on things a little bit, but uh, in the end, we I feel like we kind of have to rush through that bit. And we've been uh, really wanting to talk about our fantasy critic uh games league and we just haven't had the time to do that in our shows so we're going to talk about that today as well um now before we get into all that just have a few things i want to mention uh if this is your first time listening to the show uh welcome in really appreciate you taking the time to stop in share some of your week with us uh games are fun is a weekly podcast uh as i mentioned before luke garrett myself we get together talk about game news, trending industry topics. We uh, have some reviews on games. In fact, we uh, just launched a review for the Tony Hawk Pro Skater remake of 1 and 2. That was all Luke and Garrett. They uh, they handled that review, but we do also have reviews for Animal Crossing, Death Stranding, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which, Stephen, you were in on that as well. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we talk about games just all the time because games are fun, right? Um so the podcast is available on all your favorite podcast services. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Pocket Casts, and, and so much more. So uh, all you got to do is just search for Games Are Fun on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, give us a subscribe. Give us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That would really mean a lot to us. Uh, if you could give us a, a review, recommend us to your friends, family, whoever's into gaming. So uh, with that said, let's go ahead and get started. We're just going to talk about games. I will say there was one news story that I just want to touch on just a little bit. And it's the fact that the PS5 apparently is the big chungus. Um, there's been plenty of stuff going around on, on Twitter and, you know, um, of a video of someone doing a, a teardown on the PS5 and the thing is a monster. Uh, Steven, did you get a chance to see any of that? I got to see a little bit of whenever they were adding extra memory into the PlayStation 5 because mm -hmm. they were kind of, I got a nice, they were doing a nice side-by-side -side shot, adding memory into an Xbox uh, uh, and adding memory into the PS, PS5. And of course the PS5, they basically had to tear down the whole fucking thing to, um, you know, get the memory into it where the Xbox was basically just open up one of the ports on the back and slide in a new memory stick. And that was, that was basically it. But I didn't get to see them tear down the whole thing. Um, yeah. But my hype is still high on those new consoles. I am ready for them. Um, I've just been doing a lot of gaming. So like the news side of things, you can't count on me too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, there really wasn't a whole lot going on. I think that was kind of the biggest thing in the Xbox, you know, side by side. That was them trying to get the dunk on PlayStation like PlayStation did on them, you know, last cycle with the the whole this is how you share your game thing. 
Um, so they've been looking for, for pretty much any opportunity that they can try and dunk on the PS5 whenever they can. And I got to say, they're doing a really good job. Uh, they've, they've made some pretty solid digs at the PlayStation. In fact, one of the other jokes I saw was the, how to turn the console sideways. <laughs> and uh, with the, the Xbox, it's literally because it's just, you know, it's a, it's a little rectangle, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not little, but it's a rectangle. And you can literally just put it on its side where with PS5, I think there's, it's maybe not as simple. I'm not sure what their process is, but I know if you stand it vertical, there's a stand to go along with it. Um, and I think if you did try and lay it horizontal, I think it would be maybe a little uneven because of the curvature of the, um, those white pieces on either end. So yeah, they're, they're making jokes. They're doing a good job. So I think um, there was another one too, that I saw it was, uh, getting to the home screen side-by-side comparison and the xbox is like maybe six seconds faster or something like that but they were doing those type of things are like getting to your home screen how quickly is it going to take and they basically they both loaded up really fast i mean in comparison to what we've been dealing with like you're you know it's almost instantaneous in that case but in the comparison between the two of them it was like six seconds difference or something like that and i see these little silly comparisons coming up it's it's good stuff and i i feel like you know, Sony doesn't speak too much with that sort of stuff, but Xbox and and everybody's been having a lot of fun with it. And I think I think that's the coolest thing is it just seems like the community in general is like they're not spiteful this cycle um, like they have been in the past where it's kind of the, the war of the consoles. There doesn't seem to be much of that going around much anymore. Mm. Yeah, I think Xbox is just kind of catching, uh, you know, Sony a little bit flat footed and they're they're really taking advantage of that and i think sony is just there they know they're coming into this generation number one they know they're going to sell plenty of consoles plenty of games i don't think they're too worried about it so they're just doing their own thing which is giving xbox plenty of ammo to make themselves look better which um they've been really doing a good job of doing they are really appealing to uh you know sort of the the average gamer i think and uh even just the average consumer people looking to, you know, save money, still get in on next gen. And I, I actually didn't see the uh, home screen comparisons that you're talking about. And I find it a little surprising considering how fast these games on the PlayStation five are going to load. You know, mm-hmm. they talk about all these in world transitions and, um, you know, loading, you know, with Spider-Man loading the, the, you know, map faster than what you can move through it, which is apparently insanely fast. So really interesting that the uh, Xbox get, gets back to the home screen so much quicker. So, but yeah, so that's kind of the the only major news story that I think really happened this week. So let's go ahead and talk about some games. I'm going to get us started here because I know there's been one that uh, you and I have both been playing. It's the one that I'm most eager to talk about today. Uh I have affectionately called it Super Ghost Bros, uh, since you and I both have been uh, streaming it at the same time. We've been getting some uh, some other friends in there to join in, and that's Phasmophobia. And for those that don't know, this is a cooperative ghost hunt game. So think Ghost Adventures, the show, or you know, Paranormal Activity, or you know, Ghost Hunters, or whatever you want to draw the comparison to. And you're just basically going into a home, you know, school asylum, you know, whatever building to prove that there is a ghost in that house. And you find an evidence to prove it exists. Um, 
and just having a, a ball of fun along the way. And it's, it really, <laughs> it really does kind of feel just like a, an episode of, of ghost adventures, except the things that you're finding are real in the game. <laughs> so you start off, you just, you know, you and some friends, or you can play solo too. You reach your destination. You choose the job that you want to take. You get there in a truck. You have your gear, which ranges from, you know, UV lights to just plain old flashlights, uh, night vision video cameras, uh, picture cameras. You got uh, like a little journal for, for the ghosts to write in. Um, you get thermometers, EMF readers, things like that. So you take these things in there. You try and find... Uh, evidence that the ghosts exist, whether they're, you know, topping the charts on an EMF reader or they've got that room so freezing cold you can see your breath or they're actually writing in the books, you know, all these different ways that you can sort of get evidence. And the more evidence you get, the more you can narrow down what kind of ghost you're dealing with. You know, they have, uh, I want to say about 10 different types of ghosts that it could be, you know, spirit, phantom, banshee, specter, revenant, Oni, Yuri, like all these different things that that it could be. And during the process, like it's so it's, it's kind of like a puzzle game, right? You're using these things. You're trying to narrow it down, getting what information you can. And all the while, these ghosts are trolling you. They're turning lights on and off. They're turning TVs. They're setting car alarms off in the garage. They're opening and closing doors. They're doing all sorts of things. They're playing the piano. Throwing um, things at you from yeah, the tables. And, exactly. You know, so Knocking stuff over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All these things that they can do to troll you while you're trying to get this information. And uh, they can even come out. They can chase you down. They can kill you. So you got to be super careful while you're trying to investigate here. There is some danger involved. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a, an absolute load of fun. I've played uh, with some randos and, you know, played with you and some some other people from uh, some of the communities we're involved with. And I would really love to get Luke to play this game. I know he doesn't have the computer to run it right now. I know this would be hundred percent up his alley so uh you know luke get on getting that computer created and uh you can join the super ghost bros too <laughs> totally. but yeah yeah I, but yeah let, let me hear your take on it it is uh you know i'm not a horror game player at all so same, like same. Uh, resident evils or the um um what was over the camera where you run around with the camera, right? Fatal Impact. Uh, fatal, fatal, fatal Frame. Fatal Frame. Yeah. I uh, never got into those games at all. And then uh, you had brought this to my attention, and I watched the, the Steam clips on it and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, this is going to be something I'm getting into. And I've been having a blast with it along with you. Um, you've gone to Super Ghost Bros. I've been going into this whole Ghostbusters theme <laughs> while playing this, where it's like, all right, you know, we're Ray, Egon, and, uh, you know, uh, Winston and... and uh, Vinkman. Vankman going into these houses trying to track down these ghosts and catch them so like mine's not just finding out what it is um which by the way all the ghosts that are listed in this in the journal that you use to track them down they're all listed in tobin spirit guide so you can go into tobin spirit guide (laughs) and find them there um but yeah it's just been a um a real blast and like 
I, I think one of the funnest things about it is like I'm in the mode now where it's like, all right, let's beat this game. Let's try and use every single piece of equipment that's out there. Let's try and make the crucifix work. Like that's one of my favorite pieces to use in this now is just going in and, you know, quoting the exorcist while I'm throwing this thing down on the floor to keep it from hunting us and just having a, a real ball with it. It's a, um, you know, initially whenever you get into it, like it's going to give you that, that jump scare, like, Oh my God, I need to get out of here. Like, you know, like scare the pants off. Yeah. Now it's like, all right, let's try and beat this game. These ghosts still give me chills up my spine. Uh, they come up and they'll just like, they'll just do a breathe in your ear type of thing, like right next to you. And it's just like, Oh my God. It's, or the, it's like, you'll hear, you'll hear one humming or, or singing a little bit. Right. Or like kids laughing, like just mm. really creepy stuff. And it just, it just sends a chill up your spine. But at the same time, you're just having such a good time with your friends. Like, you know, somebody's trapped in the house while it's hunting and you're like, you know, activity shoots to 10 in the truck and you're like, are you live still? Are you alive after you come back? And they're like, yeah, I was hiding in a closet or <laughs> I ran into the bathroom and closed the door behind me or they got killed and got, you know, basically at the front door and getting ready to escape, but they couldn't make it in time. That sort of thing. It's just been, um, it's been a really good time. And I, I recommend this game a hundred percent. It's not very expensive. And if you, um, if you have the ability to play it, you know, especially during the month of October here, the spooky month, um, give it a try because it is something that I think that you will enjoy and you'll definitely enjoy with friends. Yeah. I, I first found this, uh, I just saw, you know, a streamer that I follow was playing it and, you know, he was, he was playing with his friends and it just looked like a really good time. I'm watching it. I'm like, what is this? Like, I, I, again, kind of like you said, I'm not into horror games and I, I don't even typically like watching people play horror games, but I'm like, you know what? It's October. Let me see, you know, what, what these people have in, in store. So I checked it out and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like total ghost adventures vibes, like Zach Baggins and all. Right. And, um, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, like I could be, I could be into this. And I saw another streamer playing it and, and I, again i'm just like i need to be playing this and so i i picked it up and i did the training for it i was a little afraid no one was going to play with me and that i just spent the money for nothing i will say this game is a hundred percent a thousand percent scarier when you're playing it on your own like when you have a team it's it definitely takes the scare out of it because you have people that can go in with you at and and you know kind of as your backup or your emotional support as you're going into these houses and uh when when you're playing on your own like even just doing the training mission they're up front they're like in the training you have a non-violent ghost you know it'll still troll you it'll still mess with you but it won't be able to kill you like in you know the actual matches and even that like it i found it absolutely terrifying (laughs) but and and yeah playing with your friends like you you kind of change your strategy on it because yeah, you've got, you know, two, three other people along with you. So like, uh, like you said, emotional support is there. There's a lot more goofing off. You get a lot more of that ghost adventures feel to your, to your hunts, uh, whenever you're going in for them. So like, um, there's a lot more laughs and excitement and giggles, but like, yeah, whenever you're in on those one player, you know, playing by yourself, going into those one person houses, even in those one person houses, like it is, it is a nerve-wracking experience, but does not take away from the fun of the game at all. And you oh, still yeah, for giggle sure. your face off whenever, you know, that ghost reaches up around and grabs your face. And it's just, uh, 
Yeah, excellent, excellent all around. Definitely, yeah. definitely a really good contender for a top five this year. Yeah, and I mentioned that because I know there's some people out there like the uh, the the horror purists that just want that that absolute like just scary experience. And if that's what you're looking for, uh, you can play it solo. Um, some of the some of the later maps that get pretty large, uh, you might spend you know some extra time in there. Um, you know, you'll be running a lot of back and forth back to the truck and some of those larger maps can take a while to get back out of. But yeah, if you just want the, the scariest experience, uh, you know, play solo playing in a group can still be pretty scary at times, especially if it's taking out all your buddies and you're in the house alone and you got someone out in the truck that refuses to come in because they're scared. Um, yeah. And you're in there by yourself trying to just get that last piece of evidence uh, so that you can get back in the truck and you can roll away with a win it it can still be absolutely terrifying but yeah like you said there's been we've made so many jokes we've we've harassed these ghosts um to hell and back pun intended um and and in turn i mean they get theirs too like we talked about you know we've we've definitely seen some deaths in in the game but yeah we just have fun with it and it is one of those things i kind of feel like you know once october ends you know and we're not in the, in the scary month anymore that it might lose some relevancy, but, uh, I, I kind of hope it doesn't, um, or that there's, you know, some, some other justification for, for playing this game because it is just so much fun. Or maybe it's just one of those things you come back to yearly and keep playing. This was actually developed by just one single person, which I am extremely impressed by because there's so many levels of intricacy in this game, the way, you know, you have all the tools and you're you're using them to, to find key bits of evidence and uh, even the voice control in it, right? Because you go in, you have two buttons to be able to talk. You have your uh, V for your just local talking. And then when you're separated, you know, people won't be able to hear that local talking just as you would in real life, right? So then you have to use uh, the B key for uh, walkie-talkie so you can communicate uh, from further distances. But of course, when the ghost goes on the hunt, they cut that off. You can't communicate. So there's, uh, you know, pros and cons to each of those different types, but you also use it to communicate with the ghost, right? So you get a ghost box. It's like a little radio, just playing some, some static sort of white noise out of it. But you know, the ghost can talk through it and that's one of your key pieces of evidence. So being able to speak and then have it potentially respond back based on what you said is uh, really, really interesting. So the, yeah, that level of intricacy that they made with this game is very impressive for just a single person. And I know they're going to be supporting it, adding some maps, some new ghosts, things like that. So hopefully when they do that, um, it'll continue to make the game relevant because it's so much fun. And I just, I just never want to stop playing it. I'm having a blast. Yeah, toss puns out at the ghost while you're talking to him and stuff. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, there's just a, a a whole house worth of of shenanigans that you can get into with it. it. It's been a good time. And yeah, the relevancy, I hope it's still there as we continue on into the year. Um, I think even if I fall off of it, there is a 100% chance that I'll probably start playing it again whenever the new Ghostbusters releases, mm -hmm. just because of that that feel to it. So like, yeah. it's, um, you know, uh streaming wise it may fall off the schedule but i think off offhand playing it like i could see this thing still being still being a big big part of my gaming uh going forward it's a lot of fun tons of fun nice. yeah absolutely so yeah if you're into 
uh, horror games or if you're into co-op experiences. It is purely co-op. They... Uh, the ghost is is all AI, so it's not like one of those games where you have someone on the other end, like PvP, you know, group versus the ghost, which I actually like. I think there's been, uh, you know, there's already been so many games where you have that sort of, uh, you know, asymmetric play style and you have, you know, the, the villain and then the group of people trying to survive. I'm glad that this is just a straight up co-op experience. I think it just makes it... Um, just a little bit more fun in my eyes. It, it, it lowers the stakes a little bit or you can just have a good time, get a good scare in and, uh, you know, just have some fun. Totally agree. Totally agree. So, uh, with that, yeah. Um, I've blubbered on about that game for a while. So everyone go out and play it, play with me, <laughs> play with us, join the super ghost bros. Um, but why don't you go ahead and, and tell me about a game you've been playing? Uh, so, um, I think where I'm going to move to is going to be, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go to it. I'm going to go to, it. I'm going to go to No Man's Sky Origins. Um, <laughs> of course. Another, yep, another huge update that came out for, um, for No Man's Sky. Uh, just a couple weeks back, it came out and, um, it, what they did with the game is they basically took everything like that's alive and expanded it so they've over uh they've they've given planets life overhaul so new plants and it's more lush there's new biomes that they added in uh they put in new animals everywhere including planets that you had previously explored uh so like if you went in and you logged all the creatures on a particular planet if you go back to that planet now, all those creatures are going to be extinct and they're replaced by a whole new set of creatures. Um, and all of them are all different. Um, one that I ran into, I, I named it the Flabberwocky, and this thing was a you know 13 foot tall mammoth of a creature, uh, real bipedal. If you go to the Games Are Fun Discord, I do have a, a picture of that thing posted, I'm pretty sure. And it's, uh, but it was, it was a gentle giant type of de deal, but it's, you know, it's great to see that thing just kind of wandering, wandering around the planet. Even, even your planets that were, um, the weird ones where, uh, they weren't necessarily alive. It was more of like a synthetic planet of some kind or, um, a glitchy planet. Like it was basically a glitch in the, in the universe sort of thing. Even those ones have, have updated updates to their, uh, flora and fauna where like you're, you're now finding, uh, on some of these synthetic planets, like living, you know, uh, inorganic, like, uh, life robots and things like that just kind of wandering around and you can again feed them batteries and they'll become your pets or you can ride them around and stuff like that so it's a it's a really cool overhaul that they did with the with the uh, life forms you also added in um, weather effects new weather effects to it um, I remember I landed on one planet and I'm just strolling around I've got decent shields on on my character so it's like I can survive in weather for you know, eight, nine minutes at a time without having to worry about anything. And then warning comes up and it's like uh, high electromagnetic activity nearby. And I'm like, what is, what is that? And I'm like, what is this thing? And then all of a sudden I get, I get struck by lightning and a lightning storm starts around me. And I'm like, <laughs> holy crap. Like I'm getting struck by lightning. I'm running through the field. I'm like, I can't, I can't just stay out anymore. And a lot of planets have picked up on these extra special weather effects. Uh, there's some planets that just the terrain catches on fire around you. And if you walk through that fire, of course you get hurt, but like, um, it's called wall of flame. And basically when that happens, you're, you know, the, 
the whole terrain around you on, is on fire. So like there's an extra level of danger now to uh, surviving in extreme weather. Um, they've also added in uh, volcano planets. You know, so like Mustafar, if you really want to get the thinking on it, it's basically just a fire planet. Uh, volcanoes all over the place, lava seeping out of these things. Uh, you can climb to the top of them. They kind of give, you know, they have activities, so they're kind of blowing up every once in a while. Um, so that was a really cool thing that they added in. Uh, also, wildlife-wise, which was a big hit for this update, was giant worms. Um, I've seen two so far, and... These things are, um, you know, they're 100 feet long and, or 100 units long, whatever you want to say, 100 units long. They're enormous. They'll come flying up out of the ground and, you know, look really terrible and, and scary. And then they'll dive back in and they just kind of do this like dolphining across the terrain as they, as they move through your area, rumbling the ground around you and everything. Um, and there's, um, so, and then some of the civilization stuff that they added, and they added in these huge monolithic uh, buildings called planetary archives. They're basically a hub of sorts, you know, a trading hub. So, like, you can go there and, and buy and sell as if you were going to uh, the space station or something. But they add in more lore to it. So, like, they're kind of deepening the cultures of whatever system, you know, whatever, whatever alien species is in control of that particular system, they kind of deepen their, uh, deepen their culture a little bit with it, with things like you can go in and just collect poems from these archives or stories and uh, stories about heroes and things along those lines. So, you know, kind of just adding these little bits whenever it comes to the, to the alien species into it as well. Um, you know, multiplayer is so easy on it. So you just add, your friend onto the friend list using a code. Uh, it's full cross-play, and really you just click multiplayer, hop into your buddy's game, you get sent right to their system, and you, you're you off doing all the adventuring. <clears throat> so that's been uh, that's been really easy and fun to do. The um, As a matter of fact, uh, Renegade Indigo, uh, who has streamed Phasmophobia with us, has also been playing No Man's Sky. Uh, we've planet hopped, and she got our first freighter, so like, you know, building up her civilization there. And then um, I got into, now this was part of the previous update to Origins, the derelict freighters. I finally got a chance to do two of those. And it's, it's, a, um, it's a loot fest. So you're gonna, you're gonna come out of there with tons of cash. Uh, but at the same time, you're also getting a story of this, of this crew that was on here that visited a planet, brought back something mysterious, and it just ravages the freighter kills all the crew. You're going and investigating this stuff, getting the crew logs and manifests so that you can take them back to the person to, uh, you know, get more loot. Um, terrifying monsters popping out of places. It's just kind of a um, another really cool thing to be able to do within the, the No Man's Sky galaxy. It's it's been a it's been a real blast. I still 100 percent. 100% get this game. Like, if you're ever in just a, you know what, I want to sit back and play something really relaxing, just kind of chill out and see some cool stuff, um, even even get into the, those Minecraft vibes of building things, collecting things, like, this is a game to try. Because, one, um, it has so much, so much to do for you, or so much for you to do. And two, it is that chill type of game where you can find a planet where you can basically just put your feet up and wander around for hours or build your base, um, 
farm go farming, you know, uh, just anything that you possibly could imagine with that. I still fully 100% support this game for sure. Have you picked Origin, or if you pick No Man's Sky back up, do you have it re-downloaded yet? Like, what are you, what are you doing with it? Uh, so I think I have it downloaded. I re-downloaded it because it was on Game Pass for PC. So I did download that on my PC, although I don't think... I don't think I played it, or maybe I did just the, um, you know, kind of tutorial section that they had, but this was before they released Origins. This was back on the uh, uh, previous patch that they had. Gotcha. Yeah. So that'd be the one with like the derelict freighters. And yeah, I didn't get into any of that. I didn't make it that far. Yeah. There's um, another thing. Like you could be, excuse me. Basically, you can run into random things in space now. So anytime you're jumping between planet to planet, anomalies will come up and they can range anywhere from like just a, a person looking to trade with you, you know, some some alien guy just stopping to try and trade some stuff with you, all the way up to these gigantic uh, spacefaring animal skulls or monster skulls. Like they're, the one that I ran into on the one playthrough was just, it was enormous and like just huge monster skull just sitting out in the middle of the space. It was all blue glowy and stuff like just really cool stuff like that. And of course, then you have the freighters as well and, um, and everything in between from like inorganic life to, um, um, you know, crashed freighters where you can kind of take their stuff. Like yeah, there's, there's bits and pieces of stuff everywhere throughout this game. And you'll always kind of come across everything that's going to, there's always something interesting to kind of find, um, which always keeps me coming back. Yeah, there's been lots of cool stuff stuff that they put in there, um, especially with the Origins update. I've seen, you know, several of the sort of comparisons, the befores and afters of these planets after the Origins update went through, and they just look so much more interesting uh, than they did in the previous versions. And I know the uh, one of the previous updates, they added mechs in there, which look really cool. So there's been a lot of things in there that have, you know, made me just kind of go like, hmm, maybe I should give that another shot. But uh, it just ends up not happening whether I'm playing, uh, you know, just mostly because I'm playing other games, you know, new stuff coming out. And I just kind of get involved in those worlds and uh, never quite made it back to No Man's Sky yet. So, um, anything else you wanted to mention on that game? Um, that's really about it. You know, that's, that's the new stuff that they added in and, um, you know, again, just fleshing out the galaxy, just making yeah. it great again. I did lose some bases. I, I had, I was up to 13 bases before this origins one. And, um, during, during the update, of course, the planets get an overhaul. Um, and a couple of the planets that I was on that I had bases set up and they were my big money bases too. A lot of them, uh, they ended up the terrain shifted so much that my base was completely like either submerged in the ocean or floating, you know, up above some mountain somewhere or even buried underground. So like there were some, some mishaps there, but it hasn't taken away from like, you know, basically building a new base or um, some of the other ones that have new life around them and things like that. They, one of the coolest ones is my home planet. Uh, first place I built a base. So I went back to that one and at night, the the entire planet is basically in a is glowing. So like there's there's glowing giant glowing mushrooms and the fields like it almost looks like as if the wind was blowing across the field and it kind of you know bends the grain down and you can kind of see that wind gust across it. It's the same thing, but it's bioluminescence. So it kind of has this waving glowing effect across the grass and um, you know just a 
just cool cool stuff to keep it interesting it's it's a lot of fun but yeah that's about it for to play it get it um and uh you know dive in find me in the galaxy i'm always around <laughs> there you go folks go ahead and get that hot no man's sky action especially again if you have game pass because it's on there uh so you don't have to uh, pay anything additional to get into it so uh, next game I want to talk about is Genshin Impact. This is another one that I've spent a lot of time with here recently. Uh, I've probably put in somewhere between like 20 to 25 hours since it launched. And it's just a really good game. And it's funny because it's a it's a free-to-play game uh, developed and published by Mi, MiHoYo. Um, MiHoYo, yeah, I think yeah. that's what it is. Um, <clears throat> so I've been, been playing in that world and... You know, I, I totally get the comparisons people make to uh, Breath of the Wild. The the comparisons are definitely there. Just, you know, sort of the art style and the huge open world and kind of one of those things where, you know, you, you set off to, to do one thing and it's like, ooh, shiny, like, let me go check that out. And there's uh, <clears throat> some neat kind of puzzle solving mechanics in there that they don't go real deep. You know, it's just kind of your general you know, light these these torches or whatever, but they kind of do it in a way that it's like you're using different elements rather than just, you know, fire to light torches. You're using, you know, electricity and ice and and stuff like that. And these elements have some pretty interesting effects out in the world too um, that you can use for traversal or um, just, you know, making certain, you know, effects happen because there's a, a lot of emphasis on sort of elements sort of chaining together, having uh, sort of uh, explosive effects when you combine them. And, you know, it's got a pretty interesting cast of characters, too. You can just pretty much switch to on the fly, you know, with their own elemental proficiencies, their own weapon proficiencies that they uh, sort of, you know, lean into. <clears throat> and it, it's kind of funny, as I was playing through, I'm like, oh, well, this this mechanic was pretty well done for a free game or this music is pretty good for a free game and this voice acting is pretty solid for a free game and then i started thinking like this is just a good game like <laughs> you know i kept kind of doing the for a free game thing and and no it's just it's just a good game like this could be a you know a, a fully priced game on its own now granted because it is free to play there are you know, those trappings of free-to-play games, you essentially have your loot boxes in this, they call them wishes, and you use in-game currencies to uh, obtain these wishes, and you use them to unlock, uh, you know, high-rarity weapons, additional characters, which there's a ton of characters. And this is probably where the game's biggest flaw comes in, right, is, is this mechanic, because there's so many characters in this game that I want to be able to unlock, but the ability or, or the, the rate at which you accrue these currencies to unlock them is pretty low that by the time they, they call them Prima gems and it takes about 1600 to do a group of 10 wishes, which is, um, which is what you want to do. If you're, if you're listening, always do it in groups of 10 because that's going to guarantee you a four-star weapon or character or something in that group of 10. So you do have a guaranteed thing. However, uh, it might just be a weapon. You know, it might not be something you really want or something that fits your your party build. 
um, when we really want is the characters. Now they do events where you might get a guaranteed character or you get uh, higher chances of getting certain characters out of the whole, the you know the whole grouping. And but it's again, you know, maybe you don't want those characters. Maybe you don't want that weapon. So they you know they they throw all that out there and you can again you can get those primo gem, primo gems in game which you do accrue them fairly quickly but getting up to you know that 1600 is going to require pretty consistent gameplay throughout um i know me just playing through the story i mean the game gave me plenty that i could i've done i don't know i've probably done like five or six groups of the 10 so i mean it's it's there it's given it out but some of it too was also promotional like hey uh you're you downloaded this on launch day so now you get some bonus stuff and you know we're running a promotion for the first month or a couple weeks of the game so every day you log in you're gonna get so many of these gems too so uh so the number does get padded a little bit by those extra promotional stuff that they're putting out there um but it it's not ideal, but the game does give you some characters throughout the story. And I got an additional one finally at sort of the, the very end of the story. Now, I think this is because it's kind of like a live service game. Um, there's going to be more content added on. They, they give you a fairly sizable world to explore right off the bat. And uh, it expands as you play through it. There's clearly more to this world than what you can experience right now in the game. So it's going to take some content updates to unlock even more of that world. I don't know how long or how quickly those are going to roll out, but uh, it's clear that the story is not finished and it's going to keep going, which is good. Because uh, again, free game, you you know, this extra content is going to be free as well. You don't have to spend money uh, to get things in the game because you can do crafting to... Uh, craft high level weapons which does take a little bit of grinding to do not gonna lie and you know getting those prima gems for the wishes again takes a little bit of grinding to to get through it but there's pretty interesting leveling up mechanics that they put in there uh, you don't really level up a lot through combat so there's not always a um, a legitimate reason to just kill every enemy that you fight however in a lot of cases there's treasure chests just strewn all over the map they're all over the place if you love treasure you're gonna get plenty of treasure in this game and fighting enemies may um make a treasure chest appear or it'll maybe unlock a you know like a magic barrier that was guarding the chest so there is in a lot of cases some sort of reward for fighting enemies it's just not always going to be experience for leveling up so like I said, I, I, I played through the initial story. I think there's a little bit of, I guess, you know, maybe kind of like an epilogue to the, the first part of the story, if you will. And there's tons of, you know, uh, there's a couple weekly quests you can do. There's a lot of daily stuff. They throw in a battle pass uh, at, you know, once you get a little further into it. So you can use that for unlocking more things. Um, so... Even though it has those free-to-play elements, there's still enough there to make this just a great game and just absolutely worth the time. If you like, it's... Uh, I kind of mentioned Breath of the Wild a little bit. This is a very much like an action RPG. You have your damage numbers on the screen. You have the various weapon types. You have 
various uh, magic and skills that you can use, the elements that you you use and kind of combine together. There's boss fights. There's, um, you know, uh, sort of like instances where you can kind of do like wave after wave battles. But yeah, very action RPG game. Uh, open world, just a lot of fun to explore. And uh, I've slowed down on it a little bit since I beat the story and it is getting a little grindy, but... Uh, in the end, there's there's plenty to play for after you beat the game. So if you like end game content, you like grinding out, uh, you know additional materials for crafting and upgrading. There's tons of that in here. There's a lot of side quests you can do. Um, there's sort of daily side quests you can do. So there's there's just lots to do, and it's it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm glad I gave it a shot. Yeah, as a free-to-play game, I, I'm really glad I gave it a, a shot, too. Like, I caught you streaming it the one day, um, and uh, it kind of sold me with the elemental aspect to it. That mechanic mm. itself kind of pulled me in, and I was like, I think it was the day after I watched you play it, um, I was like, you know what, it's it's free-to-play, let me just let me just give this thing a try. And I picked up the controller and started playing it, and before I knew it, it was, you know, it was dinner time, basically. Yeah, um, yep. And it was, um, and it, it, you hit the nail on the head with describing this game. Like it is, it is in its own right a great game. Um, you don't have to spend money on it. Uh, people are going to. I hear people are really dropping some big cash on mm -hmm. getting rare items and stuff, but you really don't have to. You can enjoy the story of the game and the side questing of the game. You can enjoy all that stuff without going in and buying all the latest, you know, rare items and stuff. Um, as a matter of fact, there's now I through the prologue uh, of the story came out with the ability to get a group of, of twenty wishes basically, so so two groups of ten, um, and I came out with two new characters and a couple items and stuff. So like even after I got done with just the prologue of the game, I had enough there to kind of satiate that urge to have mm -hmm. something new and rare come out to me. Um, and as a matter of fact, one of my most favorite of characters now came out of one of those first tens of wishes. The um, uh, the maid, what's her name? Noel. Um, yeah. Noel. Oh my gosh, she's she's awesome. She's a monster. Like she's an absolute monster. So like, I took her from level one to fifteen um, after I got her, just because I was using her so much traveling the world. Because she just smashes things. And yep. being an earth element type, like. She's got a lot of good stuff, a nice shield that goes along with her. So she's a tank. Um, I threw on some accessories to her so that she was basically a barbarian, just high <laughs> damage output, tankiness, yep. like, and she, she really beats some ass. Um, uh, I've gotten, um, is it the librarian? What's the librarian's name? Uh, Lisa. Lisa, waifu. Yeah, She's right. the waifu for me. Uh, <laughs> Lisa's awesome. Um, I've gotten her to level 20. I've gotten my main character to level 20. And now uh, Noelle is almost there. I feel like she's at 18. Um, and then usually the other person is the the um, the fire archer. Um, mm. I don't know their names. but uh, Amber. Amber, that's it. Yeah, so like that kind of consists my party right there. And um, yeah, just a good time. Really good time. I can't can't complain about the game at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I get the Breath of the Wild thing after playing it a bit. Like, I kind of get it, but no, like it's yeah. not. 
Not quite. Breath of the Wild has a completely different feel than what this game does in the yeah. mechanics and the you know how you're interacting with the world and stuff. But like um, art style, absolutely. It's yeah. it's a uh, it's Breath of the Wild art style. It really is. But like the, the open world of, too, I kind of get it as well because yeah. you can climb and glide and stuff, and it's very right. reminiscent. But a lot of the other mechanics, like mm, yeah, it's yeah. It, I'm not going to do a 100 percent like apple to apple comparison on the battle is clearly its own system yeah far and away not even close to breath of the wild and that element system is cool so like you run in uh let's say you're fighting a fire type element uh, enemy you use your wind type main character to uh you know basically cool them off and get them uh get them susceptible to some other element you bring that person in who has that element to annihilate them uh with criticals and stuff so like it's a um and with all the different element types that there are, it always kind of keeps it trading off as you're wandering around the world. Like you're not going to have the same uh, person start the battle as what you did the last one. You need to have the opportunity to use everybody as you go, um, which is really nice. But yeah, definitely a solid game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's, there's as we mentioned, it's free to play. There's zero barrier to entry. So um, it's available on PC, uh, mobile, and PS4, and they are cross-play. It takes a little while for you to for you to progress into the game before it gives you the multiplayer option, or the co-op option. But it is cross-play. Uh, however, there's no cross-progression between uh, PS4 and the other platforms. However, with PC and mobile, there is cross-progression. So I can log in. I could log off on my computer with my character, log in on my phone, and it's it's the same. It's exactly where I left off. Same characters, same equipment, same everything. So I could use that character to play with someone on PS4. I just can't use my exact character on the PS4. So um, hopefully that gets worked out later on because it would be really nice to be able to play on either console or PC. Uh, mobile's okay. I think it's it's one of those things if I had, you know, like a controller set up, I think playing on mobile would be uh, actually pretty pretty damn viable because uh, it does play really well. I just don't like using touch controls. So, uh, But if you are someone that doesn't mind touch controls, it's very playable. I have a uh, Samsung Galaxy S10, and it runs so smooth. Like, it runs really great. And, I mean, this is, I don't know, what, like a two-year-old phone at this point. So if this can run it, you know, anything after that is going to be able to run it no problem too. And even probably phones that are even a little bit older would probably run okay on it. So uh, plenty of ways to get into the game. And again, if you don't mind touch controls um, or if you're someone that does have, you know, like a controller setup you can use on your phone, then it's, you know, it'd be really great handheld uh, for that too. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if it comes to the Switch as well. Um, if you want just like a, a pure handheld gaming experience, I do think it it would be able to run perfectly fine on the Switch too. So hopefully that that comes uh, comes around down the road. But yeah, just um, really good game. Great job, uh, me ho yo. <laughs> and I haven't got Skyrim by it. So like mm-hmm. uh, one of my big concerns with open yeah, world games like that. this, right? So like is is the world is more interesting than the plot that you're running. That's definitely not the case. Like the world's cool, but what's keeping me drawn into this is the is the story 
the story is a, a decent plot to it. Like it's it's cheesy and it's it's anime, but it is a lot of fun to go through and discover what this world's about and catch the lore for it and you know figure out what your character's all about because they kind of kick you off with a really nice um, opening cinematic and uh, you know, add some intrigue in and you're just off to discover um, what's happening right now and it's uh, it's kept me kept me in it. So uh, now since Phasmophobia has come out and, you know, mm. a game that we're going to be talking about here in the future this evening, for sure, uh, it's kind of taken a back seat, but yep. it is something that I'll very easily pick back up whenever that time comes, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm going ham on Phasmophobia, but I, I do definitely want to spend more time in that world. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, let's uh, move on to the next game. What do you got? So I'd like to go to Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Nice. Yeah, so that one, um, you know, I picked that up day one. Um, I was I was at work and it finished downloading while I was still working. So whenever I had, uh, was on my lunch break and I went in to check it out, I was very happily surprised to get the soundtracks for each of the games in Mario 3D All-Stars. And that basically was my work music throughout the rest of the day. Um, which was awesome, just kind of going back, going through the nostalgia of uh, Mario 64 and Mario Sunshine, and then kind of getting some of those tunes from Super Mario Galaxy, which has a lot of callback to Mario 3 in the soundtrack. I've not played Mario Galaxy yet. I'm still, like, again, the backlog is happening right now. Um, you know, playing a lot of different stuff right now. So having, I did beat Mario 64. I did a 70-star run. Uh, I want to say it was... Either I, I, I'm going to say it's just shy of four hours is how long it took me. I'm trying to implement a lot of speedrun strats, doing some practicing in there too, which made it a little bit longer. But uh, you know, doing different um, different speedrun strats and practicing those things because you don't really have a, at least I don't think so. You don't really have a save state to jump back to. So like if I was messing with something, I could just jump back a couple seconds to go and try it again. So I'd sit there and just repetitively practice, which added a lot of time to it. But I definitely did take a, um, you know, being a games are uh, games done quick fan and uh, ESA fan, you know, watching these guys completely demolish these games in like an hour, um, being able to kind of just implement that into my own casual playstyle has been a lot of fun. So next, I'll be moving on to Super Mario Sunshine, and kind of doing the same thing. But I I recall greatly that between 64 and Sunshine, that you know, there's a there's a difficulty curve that you hit as soon as you get out of the first areas of sunshine. So I'm, I'm anxious to see how I take to that now. But the big thing I want to speak on is it is not a perfect port from the 64. Um, mm -hmm. It is emulated. So motion moving Mario in Mario 64 can get a little wacky sometimes. Because um, in, in the original, you basically could do a quick cut backwards. You know, moving forward, and then you can just do a quick cut backwards to go behind you uh, to help out with doing like the, the the side jump and things like that. With this one, sometimes you can kind of do like a crazy roundabout, you know, turn and take it right off a cliff. And that's something that he did to me a lot with it. But still, tons of fun to play. Um, and I'm I'm really excited to get into Galaxy because that was one that I had not played um, in that 3D realm and. Um, just watching, you know, streamer uh, and came in phasmophobia with us. Just watching him stream it, um, 
he says that he was enjoying that a lot more than what he was enjoying Sunshine because he played mm -hmm. all, through all three of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, uh, I'm really glad it's here. I'm glad that it came. It may not be perfect, but having Mario 64 back in my life and Sunshine here shortly is is definitely you know exciting. Glad it's here. Yeah, same. I talked about it uh, a, a bit on the last episode I was on. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I think uh, 64, just, you know, having a way, you know, a legit way to play that game is is such a blessing to have because of how much I love that game. Uh, Mario 64 is one of my favorite games of all time. And uh, Galaxy, I would say, is, is my second favorite of the the group of games um in that collection i think they did a really good job with the implementing the motion controls without having the wii experience you know having the wii mote and the nunchuck or whatever like i can still use my pro controller because it has you know sort of like that gyro stuff built into it so i just kind of every now and then just kind of tilt or give my pro controller a little bit of a shake and it's doing all the things that, you know, the, the Wii Mote and Nunchuck were able to do, but in a much more comfortable, uh, more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a more casual, I guess, uh, way to play it. Um, kind of lost my words there. But yeah, and then Sunshine, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know, I... I think it's fun. I I think it's a good game. I do want to play through it. Uh, I'm definitely not going to hundred percent it. I was watching a, a streamer that that I follow play through. He did a hundred percent, and it's just stupid. The <laughs> it's really bad. Uh, if you do that without a guide, you're going to have a terrible time. Even with a guide, I don't see it. I don't think it would be all that fun. It wasn't even. I don't want to say it wasn't fun to watch because he made it fun to watch, but um, watching it was just like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's Whereas a tough with, one. Yeah, with 64, I'm like, yeah, I'll 100% this, you know, all day. Mm -hmm. And uh, Galaxy is, you know, I think Galaxy is another one of those ones that can just be time consuming to 100%, but I'm having more fun with that one. I could see myself wanting to 100% it more than I could sunshine gotcha but um yeah and so it just always good to have some mario in in my life so i'm i'm glad that collection came out um next game i have i want to mention is among us mm -hmm. and nice. this is a game that i've played with some of some other members of the kind of funny community and uh, just really appreciate them sort of inviting me in to play this game with them. Um, you know, they they were actually the ones that were, they had hosted the Ultimate Chicken Horse Tournament that I took part in. Finished second place in that. It was the first time really that I'd ever played that game at all. Um, or really the first round of matches I was in was the first day that I played ultimate chicken horse i i had gotten a little bit of practice in before uh we started the the tournament and so the the second week that we played which was uh the semifinals and finals was literally the second time i had played ultimate chicken horse really fun game in its own i don't know if i talked about it last time or not but uh excellent excellent party game it's so much fun um 
But Among Us, they yeah, so they invited me to play Among Us with them. We had a group of, I think, five or six people at any given time. And it was just so much fun. It's it's extremely like nerve wracking because again we kind of talked about that uh, asymmetrical play style, right? So you have a group of people trying, you know, coming together for a common cause to try and es- escape, you know, without dying or whatever. And meanwhile, you have the other person on the other side who's trying to kill everybody off either by sabotaging the, the spaceship or uh, physically, you know, killing the other players. But the uh, the real fun comes in because you you don't talk to each other throughout the game. It's only whenever someone reports a dead body or calls an emergency meeting that people start conversing and they're trying to say, okay, I think it, this person is the killer for X, Y, Z. And, you know, that person then has to, you know, hope that maybe they're all suspicious of someone else. And you can kind of pile on and be like, yeah, yeah, I think it was that person too. And, you, you know... And if everyone comes to a consensus, you can vote a person off. So it's another way to for the imposter to try and win is by getting the innocent people voted off. So and then, of course, on the other hand, your the the crew, the people trying to survive, they all have tasks that they need to do around the ship. And if they complete the task meter before everybody dies, then they win or if they figure out who the imposter is and vote them off, then they win in that situation too. So it's, it's really interesting. Um, it, it, it's very anxiety, anxiety inducing for me uh, whenever I'm the imposter, because it's like, okay, I have to, I got to take these people out. Um, and then, you know, they call the meeting and then you have to defend yourself and you have to lie and you have to try and get them to, uh, vote out other people so it's like every time i would win a game i'm like i'm so sorry (laughs) um but it it was also a little scary i guess how good i was at the game and how good i was at sort of uh subverting and uh taking people out and and getting people to blame others and it's just like oh my gosh like i didn't think i was capable of doing this (laughs) but it's it's another one of those party games that are just so much fun like when you do have that group of people and it is a minimum of four but four just isn't enough i would say the absolute minimum that you would want to play this game is probably six uh five is okay we we had some pretty pretty decent games with five people but uh six six through ten i think would would definitely be the sweet spot and as you get up to i'm not sure when you can start adding in a second person but there are uh you know certain game sizes where you can have two imposters at once so then you kind of have to um be even a little bit more careful because there's two people out on the loose to get you but yeah i had so much fun playing with them um hopefully hopefully we're all still friends after all of that because it got pretty crazy a couple times but <laughs> really enjoyed that game so, uh, what else you got? Well, I mean, there's other stuff, but it would be doing some throwbacks. I've uh, been trudging through Ghost of Tsushima still, trying to get through that one. That one I did get Skyrim's, but periodically I'm jumping in, getting a mission done, and then I'll set it down and move forward. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn Frozen Wilds, I have gotten into that finally. Um, 
with the announcement of Horizon Zero Dawn 2, I was like, all right, let's uh, let's see what this expansion was all about. And it's good. Like uh, again, uh, now it's not as as ultra awesome lore driven as what the base game is, because uh, that game, Horizon Zero Dawn itself, like that. Everything was so intertwined with the main story that it was so easy just to go through and complete everything. With Frozen Wilds, it's kind of its own standalone. There isn't as much heavy lore in it as much as what it was with Zero Dawn. There's still some cool stuff happening, but like um, the the area is interesting that they add in. So it's you know big. Uh, basically, I th I think you're in Yellowstone. I think it's Yellowstone National Park. Um, based off kind of the clues that are around there. That's basically where you're at. It's winter time, so it's covered in snow. Um, some of the new creatures that they added in for it, um, you know, there's, uh, or yeah, I say creatures, giant robots, uh, angry robots that they added in for it are really cool too. There's some of them where like, you know, you come out of Horizon Zero Dawn, especially if you got that special armor at the end for collecting up all the uh, little items and going and getting it. You come out of, you come out of that OP, stepping into Frozen Wilds, kind of kind of punches you in the mouth a little bit right away so like you'll climb that initial cliff and you run into one of the first um new monster or new robots that you fight and i remember going into that battle and it kicked the crap out of me i, I like i had to exit the battle like kind of just regroup a little bit on it and because it, it was so fast and dangerous that it's like okay all right you got me like let's you got me hooked in this let's go see what else kind of nonsense you get into with it and a lot of the instead of kind of getting the story built up around what zero dawn was and what people were doing to work on it and all the different things like that you kind of just get more like real life stories from people who are living from the transition from like being a worker at a particular place and then then being trained transitioned out to be replaced by a robot worker so like you kind of get are getting a little bit more of that transition time in the world whenever robots were starting to really kind of move in and take jobs away and and people were leaving those positions and stuff um but the um the environment itself is a lot of good fun and of course the the new there's a mix of new and old whenever it comes to the robots um and the uh interactions with the the new tribe that's up there that you get to work with is really good. You know, completely different. They're completely different from what you're used to interacting with in the original area. So it's a it's a whole new experience basically in the frozen wilds. Um, all new dangers, all new uh, things to find, um, and a uh, whole new area to, to explore. And that's been a really good time, getting me hyped up for for Horizon Two because um, that game. Again, just amazing. The world is interesting, but the story itself is so interesting that it, it keeps me moving in it. So it's a uh, definitely worth checking out if you haven't already for that for that expansion pass. Um, but I think I'm pretty much down to the bottom of the list, and I'm saving this one from last. And I wanted to see if you were you're ready for it. How about some Bowder Skate Three? Yeah. So um, that was that was the last game I had on my list, but I'll let you go ahead and uh, take the lead on this one. I am so glad to have this in my hands. So I am a lifelong Bowder's Gate fan. Um, you know, or rather since, since Bowder's Gate won, uh, whenever you are the um, child of Baal, uh, the god of, of death and murder, I think it's actually just the god of death. I don't think, because if I understand the lore correctly, 
Baal was murdered by Sirach, who is the god of murder, just to sow chaos basically into the world. You're one of the offspring of the god Baal um, before he was murdered and he was cast out during the time of troubles to walk the world as a mortal. So you're basically his lineage. And the whole purpose of his lineage is to go around and kill the other children of Baal. That's how it starts out in the whole story back in way back in Baldur's Gate 1. Um, just to kind of give you an idea, it's almost 200 in Baldur's Gate 1, over 400 hours in Baldur's Gate 2. Um, and now with Baldur's Gate 3, I'm seven hours into it. So like it's it's easily picking up to be one of those one of those high amounts. Um, so uh, getting Baldur's Gate 3 now in comparison to those ones, it's it's taking that lore that you know and love from Faerun from uh, the Forgotten Realms in Dungeons and Dragons, and it's taking that same that same amount of stuff that you get from one and two but just completely blowing it up into a brand new story with that same idea that you have something bad inside of you that is absolutely OP, but trying to deal with it in the world as you, as you progress. So that idea is still there, which is awesome because that's, that was the idea through one and two is that you have something bad. You're progressing through the world to learn how to deal with it. This is keeping that same, that same thread. Um, but this time around, it's dealing with seramorphosis not being turned into an illithid or a mind flare, um, which are some of the most ruthless and evil creatures in Dungeons and Dragons. So dealing with them, uh, it, you know, it jumps you right into this opening cinematic is you being captured and put onto their, to their Nautilus ship and you're rolling out on this adventure. Um, I started out with a fighter, uh, typically a paladin is what I start out with, but I started out with a fighter class on this one, just so that I can kind of just plow through, see how uh, combat mechanics work with it and things like that. I just kind of wanted to get that base level play style, and fighter is a good place to start with that. Um, if a rogue would also be a good place to start, so if you're not so much like frontline fighter or getting up, getting up in people's faces, a rogue would also be a good choice to get into with it because they're going to be like one of the more simpler um, uh, class setups in comparison to say a wizard or a cleric uh, that has like a whole slew, you know, basically a spell spell books at their at their disposal whenever it comes to things. So they're a little bit more heavily strategy based. Where your fighter, your rogue, um, that's going to get you more into like I'm just going to go shoot stuff in the face with arrows or go up and slash them with the sword. Um, Still my, my classic character, Matthias. Um, and, you know, it's it's early access. So everything that I'm going to mention here about the game and how I'm going to gush over it, this comes with the disclaimer that there is going to be technical faults to the game. It's early access game. It's going to have crashes. I ran into my first major one today. Um, you know, rendering's going to be a little slow. It's going to have things where, like, mouths don't move when people are have, in dialogue with you. But it's nothing that's, like you shouldn't play this game even in early access because I know a lot of people are kind of holding off on it. It does have a $60 price tag on it. In my opinion, even so far, it's, it's totally worth it um, because they're already patching things. They're already fixing stuff. Um, they already have plans to add more content in. So like they've been given uh, almost daily updates. Um, so I'm getting a very uh, hello games vibe off of how they're handling the rollout of this, where they're just, they're, 
they're in they're in the public domain listening to what people are saying and they're reacting to fix those things which is really great um, the d20 integration with this where you basically go into a skill check and uh, you know for whatever reason that it may be just like you would be if you were sitting at the table uh, can be just as frustrating as if you're sitting at the table uh, you know Adam we discussed the time where you as a bard during one of our tabletop games <laughs> hopped on a flaming cart and was jamming on the loot to you know in, uh, intimidate some enemies that you were fighting and you pretty sure you rolled a one on it. Yeah. You know, so it's just that epic moment. You rolled the dice, you got a one. You have that in this. So it's so not let, like... let me just interject here because I, mm -hmm. I played the loot with uh, surgical precision. It was, I think, the dismount from the cart because I wanted to jump off last second before it crashed after my epic performance. And it was there that I think I rolled a critical miss and basically fell out of the cart and hurt myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it has, it has that aspect to it. We're like, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a fighter. So it's strength, intimidation, uh, you know, basically being in people's faces. And I, for some reason, could not hit my strength checks. I can't hit my intimidation checks. It's mm. just, it's just been very difficult and it's been very aggravating, but it's not like it doesn't stop the story. You're not like dead in your tracks. If you miss it, the game will work around that and you get a whole different interaction compared to if you were successful. So like, it's not like, Oh, I missed my intimidation check. Now the entire village is going to start fighting me or something. No, it just kind of changes how the the direction of the interaction, just like it would if you were sitting at the table. It's a very natural feel to it whenever it comes to playing D and D with your friends sitting at the table versus playing some Dungeons and Dragons sitting here playing Baldur's Gate three. So you get that instance to it. The only thing that you're missing is rolling your damage. The computer is going to do that for you, or um, you know, kind of. You know, the open world feel to a Dungeons and Dragons game where you can kind of just pick a place on the map and go. You're not really going to have that, but the plot's going to get you into these. Uh, it's going to, just the way the plot has been moving along, it's been going through a nice progression through the world so far. You get into a, uh, right off the bat, you get into a crypt, and then you move from a crypt, you go to a town, and then you go from that town, and you go to a, uh, to where I'm at right now, which is like a goblin uh, like a goblin camp. Um, and even that isn't like, all right, let me just go through and plow through this goblin camp fighting hundreds of goblins. Like you're interacting with the goblins in a way that you don't want to incite hundreds of them, you know, coming to fight you, which I accidentally did in one case and I had to restart it. But, uh, we're, and, but yeah, that, after that, my crash happened, and I was like, "All right, we're just gonna we're gonna take a step back, and I'm gonna rethink my strategy on going into this thing." Um, but so far, the the story has been really good. Um, I love the added body language animations and facial expressions for the characters because, like, you'll be inter having an interaction with the character, and like, you know, they say something stupid. Well, your character will express kind of that same idea. They'll kind of lean back a little bit, cross their arms, and maybe arch their eyebrow. Like, are you, are you really saying this to me right now? Like, what are, what are you even talking about? Or the hands on the hips, like, I'm your hero type of thing. That's called the Superman stance. Anytime Matthias does it, just hit the Superman stance. It's like, I'm the hero here. Um, and it, it just kind of lands those character interactions home whenever you're, uh, whenever you're interacting with, with, with folks. Um, all in all, first impression on this game is it is easily, 
easily a game of the year contender for me, even in early access. Um, and I, I've only said that once before, and it was during our top 10 list, which is amazing because two games this year that aren't even in full release are in game of the year contention for me. Bowder's Gate 3 is one of them, and New World is the other. And they've been so impressive what they have put together so far that I am very excited with what fantasy games have to offer, offer us going into this year. It is going to be amazing. And Bowder's Gate 3 is going to easily hit on that 100-plus um, hour you know, to 400-plus hour mark, especially once I get to start playing with you guys. Because if you get it, and we get some other members of the community into it. It's a four-person party. Um, you know, draw in some of the morning side guys. Uh, you know, that would be awesome because, like, I can just see right now that how we interact with the world, with all four of us being human players, is just going to make it so much better and just much more immersive than what it is even now. Um, and that's my first impressions on that so far. On you know, what you got going on. Yeah, so I, I downloaded this too. I watched a little bit of um, of a streamer playing it the day that it launched, and I was like, okay, I'll check this out. Um, I never really played the first two like you did. Uh, I always found them a bit too challenging for me, but I was watching a streamer play the game, and I'm like, you know what? This looks super cool. I think I'm just I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna get it, and so I did, and I. I made a fighter, so the class options to start with are a little limited at the moment because it's early access with more classes coming, you know, a little bit down the road or, you know, at full launch. So I picked a fighter because I did see that there are uh, subclasses in this and I do want to go into the Eldritch Knight, which would make me sort of like a uh, like a spell sword type character, you know, a uh, fighter slash you know, caster, which I'm always been kind of infatuated with. I, I love that sort of setup. When I played Skyrim, I always, I, I gimped myself with it, but I still enjoyed the play style by having a sword in one hand and wielding a spell in the other hand. Um, so that's, that's always been appealing to me. So I'm like, okay, well I'll do this. But then of course, once Bard drops, like this file I'm on now is going in the dumpster and I'm a thousand percent going bard. Oh my gosh, because I, I loved loved playing a bard uh, in our in our time playing five e D and D. So um, no question, I will be playing a bard, and I'm sure it'll just be even more fun when we do get a chance. You know, whenever uh, online multiplayer becomes a thing. So yeah, I'm really liking it so far. I'm not that far into it. Definitely not as far as you are. I'm actually just sort of assembling my crew now, um, kind of finding the other people that were aboard that ship um, at the very beginning. I did go back and, and loaded a save because we were talking about the skill checks earlier. I failed a skill check fairly early on that actually kept a party member from not joining my group, uh, basically because she's a racist. Um, she doesn't like my race. I, I chose a, a Gith Yankee uh, female character and I, her ideals do not jive with the Gith Yankee. Um, so she was very skeptical from the beginning, threatening to kill me. My, uh, persuasion checks failed. And so I'm like, all right, well screw her. You know, maybe I'll get her down the road and maybe I would have run into her again, but, 
uh, I reached a point where it's like, okay, I don't really want to go too too far in and not having any sort of healing aside from, I mean, I do have the second wind ability and, uh, you know, some potions at my disposal, but um, I didn't want to have to rely on that. I did want to have someone that could heal if needed. So I decided to reload. I did pass the skill check the next time. And uh, so it's interesting. And in the process, I did see, you know, a few other interactions, you know, um, you know, one case where you run into, and I, I like that they do this, you know, when looking at the trailer, you're like, okay, so mind flares are going to be the big bad of this game. And, you know, we'll run into them way later on. We're going to be tracking them down this whole, this whole time trying to get to them. And very early on, you'll cross paths with some mind flares and uh what it, what are the other things called intellect eaters or something like that yeah, intellect of ours yeah yeah they're basically just like they're they're walking brains yeah. is ultimately what they are um they're basically pet dogs to mind flares yeah so you run into a mind flare you get you get into a situation where there's these just randos villagers trying to that want to fight you because this mind flare has them under their control the the mind flayers injured so there's uh some skill checks you can do if you get it then you can avoid the fight entirely um or if you fail it then you end up fighting the villagers um and then either way you have you can then get into an interaction with the mind flare and <laughs> crazy enough it's so so bizarre the way this this panned out so the one time i went into it it was just you know, this interaction where it's like, okay, like he was trying to control me and I, I resisted the control and then uh, I got an option to kill it. So I did. And then another time I went up to it and I failed one of the, so there's, there's one where you can try and kind of turn the tides on it a little bit. You can try and get into the mind flayer's head because he's injured. He's not at full, full strength. So it kind of had an opportunity to t- turn the tides there. And, and then it sort of turns the tides back in its favor. And that time I failed to get out of its control and it basically made me love it and made me go in for essentially what, like me thinking I'm going in for a kiss with a mind flare, which if you know what they look like, they're big brainy tentacle face, gnashing teeth looking things like basically a, a walking octopus or squid, um, and so I basically, I go in and it, it wraps its tentacles around my head. And, and the next thing I know, I'm lying like dead on the ground. My other two party members just watched it all happen. <laughs> um, and then now there's a battle. This thing now has some, some life to it. It's up to like 75 HP. And I have these two level two characters that like can barely fight off some villagers, let alone a semi-powered up mind flare. So I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> so I, re- I reloaded the save and then I just killed it. I didn't even get into the dialogue with it after I got the villagers to, to scamper off. I'm like, I'm not even talking to you this time. I just went up, I hit it with my sword and it died. I'm like, that's it. Go to hell. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You, it is one of those things. If you're looking for a particular outcome, um, definitely make some saves because you're going to be going back to try and fix certain situations. The one that I ran into today, you were there and stream for it where basically um, I was in an interaction and I was getting quartered. I was getting quartered in this thing because 
it, I don't want to spoil it too much for anybody, but like basically I cornered into a situation. It was about to come out that that interaction that Adam was just talking about was about to come full circle on me because uh, it, it played out very similar for me. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is about to turn into a fight. So I'm just going to fight this guy anyway. So it just went straight into a fight. Ended up, it ended up aggroing because one of the guys blew a warhorn and ended up aggroing the entire area around me, which was just full of goblins. So I ended up getting like, and just wedged up in this stuff. So I didn't have, I didn't have a save set up until before I even entered that area. So it was about a 20 minute time loss, but like, yeah, set yourself some saves before you do anything because interactions may not go the way that you want them to for, for certain. Um, so the classes with early access that you're going to get are cleric, fighter, ranger. Don't think, Actually, I think with this one, I think uh, Legolas, you know, kind of archer or type of deal. It's going to be a lot of nature involved with them. Um, in classic D and D, though, the ranger is more like a um, like an Aragorn ranger. Mm -hmm. uh, but in this one, I think it's leaning heavily into archery, like you would with a Legolas, where the fighter is more like a Legolas in the range range focus. Um, you also have rogue. Uh, which you can go kind of a trickster, spellcaster type, or just straight up thief. Uh, so that has uh, two different versions, and then warlock and wizard. And each of the classes are going to have two subclasses to them right now. Now, in in fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons, there's five or six other classes involved here because we've mentioned two already: bard and paladin. Um, and I know that there's more. They're not coming to my mind. I'd have to get my player's handbook, and I'm not doing that right now. Uh, and then, of course, they'll have subclasses. And there's even more subclasses than that throughout some of the other handbooks involved with 5th edition. So I'm kind of wondering, like, how deep are we going to go into that whenever the full game comes out? Um, there's a ton of races, a ton of uh, character creation options whenever you are putting together your character. Uh, Adam mentioned the Githyanki being one of them. Uh, you know, Githyanki are a sworn enemy of Illithid, so like you're basically, um, it makes complete sense that they're involved in the story at this point because um, those two races are just like at a constant war with each other in the Underdark um, and across the plains, really. Uh, the drow kind of stay out of it a lot, but like whenever it comes to the Githyanki and the and the Mind Flayers, like they're always at each other's throats all the time. It's a constant bickering and fighting between each other um but yeah it's uh as i mentioned if you go if you go fighter or rogue I'm, i haven't seen ranger's skill set set up yet because uh, i haven't run into one but they that may be another simple one so if you're not looking to go full-blown like full spell book to work with and kind of leave that to your secondary characters you know check out those ones but it's a it's something to check out for sure because it's it's a lot of fun and those interactions you know it's it's not just held to that one mind flare account where you have a number of different ways for things to go and it can go sour really fast but there's pretty much every step of the way and if you've ever played divinity original sin it's it's kind of that same sort of thing especially with number two except i feel like compared to uh division divinity original sin two um it's deeper and I feel like the interactions are smoother, especially battle. Battle feels a lot smoother than, than the uh, original Sin 2. Um, and that was really nice because as good as what Divinity is, battle felt like a slog fest. Um, whereas with 
with with Baldur's Gate 3 in that same, it, it's a similar system. Um, it's a lot smoother. It's a lot quicker. Uh, you're not, you know, caught up in a lot of different. Um, you, know, you still have the element, the the uh, environment effects that you can use to your advantage. So, like, if somebody's standing in a puddle of water and you shock them, you're going to get some extra bonus damage off of it. Uh, so they still have that sort of thing added into it. Um, you know, catching certain things on fire, um, which was one of my favorite things to do. In the one in the crypt, there was a group of adventurers that I was fighting to, so I could go get the treasure. And I threw a barrel of stuff at them, and then caught the barrel of stuff on fire and lit their whole team on fire for some extra damage before they came out of the room to come and get me. Um, traps and monsters and treasure, and it's it's a full-blown Dungeons & Dragons game. It feels it. I love it. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just uh, real quick to echo what you said, even in early access, like so far it definitely feels like it's worth the $60, and it's totally going to you know, pay for itself when it is full, full launch. Cause getting it early access, you're buying the full game. When, when full launch comes out, 1.0 is released, you have the game. So, um, it's, it's worth, definitely worth it. Get it now, give it a shot, play through one character and, you know, get a feel for it. And then whenever full launch comes around, then, you know, you can play a different character, you know, what it, do whatever you want to do. Cause it's, uh, just a fun game. So, uh, let's go ahead and let's talk some uh, Fantasy Critic games. So this is uh, FantasyCritic.games, and uh, it's it's an open league. You can come take a look at it if you want. It's just games are fun. And this league is between Luke, Garrett, Steven, and myself. We all have our list of games. We've uh, all had to make some changes. We've made some questionable decisions. Um, so we're going to talk about where we stand right now because we are coming up here in the, uh, last, you know, bit of the year and there's definitely still some empty spots on our rosters. So we're going to see how the rest of this year shapes up, but, uh, I'll go ahead real quick and read off Luke's list here that he currently has. Uh, he's got last of us part two, Neo two watchdogs, Legion, Yakuza, like a dragon gears, tactics, predator hunting grounds. Tell me why. Minecraft Dungeons, Metroid Prime 4, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, Paper Mario the Origami King, the new Pokemon Snap, Immortals Phoenix Rising, and Demon Souls 2. So uh, right off the bat, there's some uh, choices in there that may not have releases. I'm pretty sure Metroid Prime 4 isn't coming out this year. Um, you know, Pokemon Snap remains to be seen. But uh, Last of Us Part Two gave him a really good boost to his uh, numbers. However, Predator Hunting Grounds gave him a minus 13. Um, Minecraft Dungeons only gave him a 4. And everything else has been pretty pretty middling. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater was the next closest that uh, you know to a success story, which gave him a 19. Uh, total points right now, he has 82. But he does have some pretty heavy hitters coming in here at the end of the year. And... Watch Dogs and Yakuza, Demon Souls re- remake, uh, Mortals Phoenix Rising. So I think he has a good, legitimate shot at, um, you know, pulling off a pretty solid year if these games come out. Yeah, his Demon Souls pick there, that one's, you know, there's, he's there's a good one. Son of a bitch. Um, so I, I, I was going to try and get a jump on this. So we have a certain amount of budget that we have that we can sort of allocate to add games to our roster 
And so I had blown a good portion of mine. I'm down to $50 right now. Luke was at a, he's at a pretty lofty, I don't know, somewhere at like 60, 70, maybe 80 bucks. And he dropped all but $2 on Demon Souls. And I think I had put in like, knowing he was probably going to put in a lot, I did, I think it was like $46. So I would have been left with only four bucks. I'm like, he's not going to go that high for one game. It's like, I'm willing to just risk it all right now. But sure enough, he blew my bit out of the water and uh, he got Demon Souls, which I'm sure is going to be a really, really strong game for him. So yeah, thanks a lot, Luke. You, uh, you, you, you got me. <laughs> so then Garrett, so he, oh man, he's got a, he's His got is stacked. He is stacked. Like he is so stacked out. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, Resident Evil 3, Half-Life Alex, MLB The Show 20, Axiom Verge 2, Dying Light 2, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Dreams, Bayonetta 3, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Spider-Man Miles Morales, which he totally snagged that for me, all because I couldn't get my spot dropped before, mm. you know, the one that I wanted to drop before I could pick it up, and then Pikmin 3, and he still has two slots open. He's He's got such a great lineup. Um, and already with half like Alex getting him 25 points on that mm-hmm. critic rating in 92, like that's... That's a, um, and his uh, dreams. Open critic, not Metacritic. Or the, uh, did I say Meta? Open critic. So getting the, that open critic, uh, 92, and then the, the dreams, 90, netting them 45 points just out of those two games alone. Like that's a, uh, that's a really great start for him. Yeah. I mean, he's got 67 points right now, and that's only off of four games. Yeah. So it's a really strong start. He has the least amount of games out of all of us that have actually released at this point. So he has now, you know, we'll have to see if, you know, Axiom Verge 2, Dying Light 2 actually come out. Bayonetta 3, like we don't know that any of those games are coming out. So uh, that could prove, you know, a little troublesome if if he can't find, you know, reasonable games to take those spots because he still has two open spots right now. So, um, you know, he'll have to do some really... Uh, critical thinking, some make, making some deep plays to fill out the rest of his roster if those games don't come out this year. Yep. And then there's me, where I'm basically down to almost Dude, everything being released at this point. And your I'm okay list with cracks that. me up. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll say what I have to after you read your list. <laughs> so I've got Final Fantasy VII Remake, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Godfall, Warcraft 3 Reforged, blah. Shantae and the Seven Sirens, also another one that just woofed, Destroy All Humans, Bravely Default 2, Star Wars Squadrons, Bug Snacks, Crusader Kings 3, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered, and I still have one slot open. So let me just say, your your list, you're either hitting home runs or you're just whiffing. Like, it, there's <laughs> very little in between with your list. It's it's one extreme or the other, and I love it. I think it's hilarious. So Microsoft, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, this one, I love that I was able to sneak this one in. Basically what I did, and that goes for, um, there was another one. Shantae was one that didn't work out for me this way, but was it, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Animal Crossing, because I had never played an Animal Crossing to at that point whenever I had made this roster. 
uh, at least a majority of it. So with those two games, basically what I did is I went back to what the open critic scores were for the previous installments for them and went and chose them based off of that. And Flight Simulator consistently, every single time that game gets released, is like nines out of tens across the board from everybody who's rating this thing. And I'm like, easy pickup. Um, now, Warcraft 3 Warforge, which was, which is, I think, my biggest whiff right now, negative 10 points. I really thought that this was going to be something. Warcraft 3, back whenever it released, was one of the best RTSs that you can get. Um, I even played it with it not being in the same style as what Warcraft 1 and 2 were. But it was, it was a good, solid game that everybody enjoyed. The Reforge came out, and they did Blizzard did nothing with it. They did nothing. They basically just, here's the game that you were playing before. Very minor graphic detail upgrade. Like, it was just, it was just a re-release. It wasn't a reforge or a remaster or HD remake or anything. Like, it was, it was literally just the game. And it tanked them. And I ate it on that release. And it was, <laughs> I regret it to this day even adding this thing. Now, Shanti and the Seven Sirens, those games also got good reviews back in the day uh, on their previous releases. And with this one, it just didn't do as well. So it got me five points out of it, but um, that Warforged one. And then, of course, Crystal Chronicles. It kind of fell into the same idea with um, Warcraft 3 Warforged. Is it didn't, it just didn't, uh, they didn't do enough with it for, for people to be super excited about it. Even though there was a, there was a decent bit of hype and I, you know, based off the release of the original one, it had a good score to it. It was going to get positive points just based off that. But again, they just kind of flopped on what they put out for it. And I ate for it. I, you know, ate, ate dirt on that one as well. But um, everything else so far, you know, uh, 7 Remake, Animal Crossings, Ori, Microsoft Simulator, like out of the park choices. And Crusader Kings 3, just, you know, again, another one that, you know, 20 points plus on, on what, four games so far, and I still have one open slot left. And I'm not too sure where I'm going with it, but I, I still like my, my lineup at this point. I think Bug Snacks is going to pull down some good some good numbers, and, of course, Godfall is already, like, on everybody's hype list at this point for the next gens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you got a uh, nice, pretty solid list of games left to go, and... Um, so we'll see how those pan out. So my list, I have uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Doom Eternal, Hollow Knight Silksong, Marvel's Avengers, Persona 5 Royal, Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, 12 Minutes, Spelunky 2, Diablo 4, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, Mortal Shell, and I have two empty spots. So... On this one, I'm kind of the opposite of Steven. I, I only have one real heavy hitter. Everything else is just very in the middle, um, at least, you know, according to, to my standards. I, I feel like it's all just very middling uh, reception on a lot of these games. And Avengers is one of those games because we can only drop so many games a year unless it's confirmed to not be releasing this year. Then that's a free drop. Um Avengers was one of those games where I really considered using one of my drops for, and I didn't because I knew no matter what I did, I was screwed. If I dropped it, one of you guys would pick it up and it would score insanely well. 
and I would be kicking myself. But it's like, but if I keep it, it's probably not going to score well. I at least expected positive points out of it because uh, once people got like the the beta in their hands, they were saying really there was a lot of really good feedback on it. So I'm like, okay, this might actually turn out pretty good um, to where I can at least get some positive points out of it. And here now I have it at a negative two, which I mean, it could be worse. It could be the minus 10 you got from War, War, Warcraft 3, or it could be the minus 13 that Luke got from Predator Hunting Grounds. But uh, still, I mean, that could have been avoided if I just, you know, tossed it out the window when when I thought about it. But I think Hollow Knight Silk Song, if that game comes out this year, which please come out this year, <laughs> I think that's going to be a big score for me. I think I, I think that'll really do well. Uh, Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, I don't know what's going on with that. I really thought by now Microsoft would have confirmed that it's just... Because I'm pretty sure it's not coming out this year. But I'm sort of waiting for that confirmation to drop it. Because again, as soon as I do, they're going to be like, oh, surprise, it's a launch title. Um, and I'm going to hate myself for it. And same with Diablo 4. Like, what is going on with this game? Like, is it coming out this year? Is it not? Like, if it's not, just say it's so I can get rid of the damn thing. See, it's um, Blizzard too with that because like they, and, and not just standard Blizzard, it's Blizzard EA, you know, uh, or no, uh, was it Activision? Is it Activision? Who Activision, came in? yeah. Yeah. So like now you have two of the most notorious studios out there for not giving any information about anything, um, holding on to Diablo 4. And it's just like, I, I know why you have it because the game looks like it's going to be freaking awesome. But like mm. on the other hand, we're talking Blizzard. It's tough to say what yeah. anything is happening going on right now. I know they feel about as reliable as Konami right now. So it's, yeah. uh, it's got me a little nervous. And the two spots that I have, I mean, part of the reason I haven't deleted it from my, my list is the fact that I don't even know what to fill these other two slots with at the moment. So you know, just kind of maybe holding out hope that there's going to be some major, you know, title that comes out. Maybe I can drop some, uh, some of my budget on, but you know, uh, at some point I'm just going to have to fill it with something. So we'll see, but it would just be nice to get a little bit of clarification on some of these other games to know whether or not they're coming out this year. Hollow Knight Silk Song, I thought was going to be a lock this year. I honestly thought it would have been out by now, but I know COVID, you know, kind of screwing things up development processes aren't going uh the way that they maybe would have if everyone's still working from their respective offices and whatnot so um still really hoping that comes out because i think that would be a really strong strong one for me but uh so right now as things stand uh luke's list uh which he has named gaff games uh games are fun games he has 82 points uh lp productions which is uh garrett has 67 with the, only his four games in play right now. Uh, Steven, yours, Level Grind Entertainment, which you s totally stole that name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have 102. And uh, Project Palooza Inc., which is my team, is at 111. So I currently have the most points, but I also have a lot to lose at this moment. So it, it's my game to lose. I got to finish strong. So we'll see how it goes. But. Yeah, so that's that's our update on the Games Are Fun Fantasy Critic League. So good good stuff there. Definitely. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Um, so why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you? 
Yeah, so I am back to streaming again, and that should only ramp up more. Uh, you can find me on Twitch, uh, at LordlyKingSDOT. Uh, also Twitter, at LordlyKingSDOT. And of course, Instagram, you guessed it, LordlyKingSDOT. So track me down. Um, would love to have you come in. Uh, I play with community, of course, and always enjoy uh, chatting it up while, while gaming. Uh, would love to see you around. All right. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at AdamPalooza85. Uh, keep an eye out. Come hang out with us while we do our Super Ghost Bros uh, streams or, or Ghostbusters streams, uh, whichever you prefer <laughs> to call it. Um, and uh, follow games are fun. Twitter, Facebook, uh, it, our Games Are Fun podcast. Um we have a discord now, which I think we have a link to on our Twitter. Um, so make sure to check all those out. Um, you, you can also contact via email contact at games are fun podcast.com. So, all right. So that'll do it. Uh, Steven, thanks for being on the show with me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Always a blast. Always a blast to come in. Yep. And uh, we'll catch you all next time. See you later. <laughs>